This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. The NTL Now podcast is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Max Driving Academy, Jimmy's Park Hotel, Mansfield University, and Thompson Sports and Apparel. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, NTL sports fans. One final time here in the NTL school year as we get our final edition of the NTL Now podcast for this year's NTL sports season. Shane Wilbur, glad to be back with you. And this week, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, This week, uh, I decided to bring in a couple of guests. Uh, We're going to talk with Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report as well as Lance Larkham from the Northern Tier West Sports Report. this year for the final one decided you know what let's have a little fun with it let's make it a year in review and kind of recap and talk about some of the big sports stories and just you know some observations throughout the NTL sports season as well so definitely looking forward to having those guys along coming up here in just a little while as well uh, quickly though before we really dive into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode I uh, want to send out a congratulations to to Coach Vargson and the Kalineski Valley Lady Indians on a great season. Unfortunately for Kalineski, uh, their postseason run came to an end this past Monday as they were defeated 2-1 to one by the District 2 champion Old Forge. But for Kalineski Valley, uh, a team that battled all season long and uh, a team I think really has a, a good group of uh, returning starters coming back to that team. So uh, I think a good nucleus still available for that team that will be coming back into uh, next year's uh, kind of fold. Uh, What a great year they had. I mean, uh, a four-loss regular season, I believe. Both of those losses to North Penn Liberty and Northeast Bradford. They rebound in the postseason. Uh, They defeat Canton for a third straight time, beat Northeast in the semifinals, lost a tough one to Montgomery in the championship. However, uh, you know, I thought going into the state tournament, uh, that loss in the district final really wasn't uh, that big of a thing. I actually think... They may have gotten a better draw having to uh, take on Old Forge rather than the defending state champion uh, Tri-Valley team. So for Kalineski, I really thought, you know, kind of going in as the runner-up, uh, may have been the better draw for them and of course as you saw I mean they just lose a 2-1 heartbreaker but a game you know they were very much in very much a part of and uh, unfortunately just couldn't find a way uh, to get some critical runs when they needed them but uh, overall I mean a tip of the cap to the Kalineski Valley Lady Indians here uh, as the uh, you know NTL season has come to a close but uh, yes looking forward to seeing uh, what the future of that team is uh, into next season and I gotta tell you just based off of uh, what I saw that definitely looks uh, pretty bright as well. Uh, Some other headlines here as we are rolling into the latter end of the NTL sports season. Uh, Congratulations to Tawanda's Portia Bennett. Saw she just uh, signed her letter of intent to take her talents to Division I UConn. So congratulations to her on a stellar high school career. Of course, she uh, wound out with a uh, defending her state championship in the high jump uh, bound in Shippensburg here not too long ago. 
So congratulations to Portia as she wraps up a stellar career for the Tawanda Black Knights. And man, what a senior year she put together as well. So congratulations to her on her signing uh, for college as well. Just some other notable signings as well from out in the West this week. Cade Sotolano of Williamson makes his letter of intent official as he will take his wrestling career to Edinburgh next season. Teammate and roommate Mikey Sips, he will take his football talents to Lycoming. Their other teammate, Elliot Good, off to Mansfield to play sprint football. And on the volleyball side for Williamson, Kaylee and Riley Sargent uh, taking their talents off on the District 3 side as Kaylee Haley has chosen to attend Keystone College while Riley Sargent will go and play for D3 Penn State Abington uh, for uh, her volleyball side. So uh, congratulations to all of those athletes for making their college decisions as well as the Northern Tier season uh, getting ready to finally put the final wrap on it. Of course, for all of these different college signings, uh, season recaps and more. Remember, you can check out uh, the great work of Chris and Lance. Of course, check out Chris Manning's work on on the eastern side by checking out ntsportsreport.com and then of course if you want to check out Lance's great work as well on the western side of the NTL you can go to ntwsportsreport.com too and uh, see all that great work on the west side as well all right so as I said this week going to be dedicated to an NTL season review that's right happy to be talking with Chris Manning and Lance Larkham coming up as the three of us we kind of break down what we saw some of the big stories lines and more that all comes up as we get into the meat and potatoes of this week coming up after this quick timeout right here on the ntl now podcast growing up in a small town it's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level circle w sports helped me get the exposure i needed it's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports. The new name in the game for high school sports. There's always those nights of the week when no one in the family wants to cook. That's when you go to Jimmy's Park Hotel in Canton. At Jimmy's, you'll find a menu packed with delicious food items. Everything from Alfredo to chicken parm, even pizza, pasta, prime rib, and so much more. Call Jimmy's Park Hotel today for your takeout orders at 570-673-8777. That's Jimmy's Park Hotel in Canton, open daily at 11 a.m. And like their page on Facebook for daily specials. All right, folks, and welcome back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. It's the season review, and this week, of course, as I said, it's time to bring in the guys from the Northern Tier Sports Reports that you'll hear. First up from the NTL West Sports Report, we've got Lance Larkham. Lance, thanks a lot for taking some time this week. Hi, Shane. And also Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report as well. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Oh, hanging in there for sure. So, all right, guys, you know, as I was uh, kind of thinking about what uh, some of the big topics were uh, completing this Northern Tier League season, I got to say, I got, if there's one thing I think that sticks out into my mind, and Lance, I'm going to come to you first, uh, is there any bigger sports story, I think, than just the type of athletic season Kawaneski Valley just had as a whole when you think about it from start to finish from football all the way now to softball 
it was a special year for sure uh, for uh, CV and Williamson for the sports that they combine. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, every sport there was there's very few things that that CV kids uh, didn't enjoy success at this season. You know, and I thought what was great about it was, you know, it really kind of encompassed the entire year because, I mean, it started with football into the fall. Obviously, you know, uh, making the district playoffs. Then, of course, Cade Sotolano becomes a state qualifier for wrestling. Track and field, as you said, with uh, CV kids and Williamson kids uh, doing, uh, you know, the boys' side very proudly, uh, winning the NTL championship there. And then, of course, you see the run that softball just had. I mean, this is a, a season for the ages for that school district that I think really needs to be recognized. Absolutely. And, you know, and it, it kind of get it kind of gets lost in, in everything that, um, you know, the, the teams that didn't make it as far still had really good years. I mean, Mikey Sips qualified for states in wrestling uh, any other year. You know, if it wasn't for his his best friend and brother, Cade, uh, meddling, that had been a huge story that he made states, um, you know, the 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 baseball team. Uh, had a nice run, uh, fell in the in the playoffs to uh, to Newman, but solid season with some really good performances. The boys' basketball team had some phenomenal performances. Didn't show up in the win column as much, um, but yeah, overall, I mean, when you start getting into t- the track where they combine and it's yeah, they haven't seen something like this in a while. Now, Chris, you know, coming to you, obviously, you know, your time spent uh, at the Daily Review and such, you've obviously had years, you know, where you've covered this Kalineski Valley program as well. So, you know, I'm kind of curious, you know, to get your input. I mean, how, how do you rate, you know, this this Kalineski season that you've seen kind of in front of you unfold? I mean, they've had years here and there on boys basketball. I think they made a district final once. Um, but, you know, for Northern Tioga as a group to have the success they had, and we kind of have to throw out their um, boys cross country. They won the league title and they had three guys go on to States. Uh, it, it is kind of interesting because, um, you know, usually Kalineski Valley will have a team here or there and they've had some success in softball, um, volleyball. They've had some success. Williamson's had some success in volleyball, but, you know, just to have a kind of a group success amongst all sports and all three seasons is, is really something special for Northern Iowa this year. I'll tell you what, and I hope, uh, you know, the uh, the kids, the administration, everybody out there really gets an opportunity to kind of relish in it and that they have the opportunity to really celebrate it and realize, you know, exactly uh, what is there for sure. Now, of course, you know, as we obviously, you know, kind of trickled into uh, the the fall side of things, obviously, I mean, when, when we talk about some of the bigger stories of this year, I mean, obviously a lot of folks are going to remember uh, what we saw at a Canton football this year and of course you know uh, being an alma mater Lance of course being an alma mater I mean this was just one for the ages for the community that is just something that you know I I think we're always going to remember you know this particular group but also you know knowing the fact that you know there's still a lot of great pieces to come here heading into next year absolutely I mean I I had the, the good fortune of being able to watch that group of kids, watch this group of kids and coaches. Um, uh, now they get the opportunity to, to, in 30 years, to be the old guy sitting here saying, 
well, we were the last team to do it. I, hopefully they don't have to wait that long. But uh, when we made it to states when I was a senior and it hadn't, you know, a district championship and, and hadn't happened since. And it, it was it was just a it was a joy to watch. And I got to go to most of the games and shoot most of the games. And and this group of kids, definitely special. And, yeah, they, they've got a lot of pieces coming back. Definitely going to be, uh, you know, something special to see. But, you know, Chris, you know, when you look back on, you know, a lot of the stories you made out of that team, a lot of, uh, you know, the times you had to talk with the players and, uh, of course, Coach Seacrest as well. I mean, what are some memories, you know, you're going to take out of that special run uh, from this past fall? Well, I think the biggest thing, it was a very cathartic experience because they had come so close to making these type of runs. They've come within one win of winning league titles the last three years. They've come within one win of winning district titles the last three years. And I think they felt if they could just get out of the district, they could do some of these things. Um, so definitely, I think, you know, winning the league, obviously the old shoe game this year, playing in that monsoon, um, I hope that never happens again. Uh, but that was definitely a really interesting memory. Um, clinching the league that day and, you know, finally beating Muncie and beating Muncie very big in a big way, getting a lot of three years worth of angst out in that game. And then just every game after that, you know, so high going back and forth with one of the best programs in the state, regardless of class, um, the rally from old forge uh, coming back in that fourth quarter and overtime. And then even Bishop Gilfoyle, that loss, that was an exciting game. So I, I definitely think that, you know, they, they almost got a career's worth of memories in five or six weeks there. You know, and something else I think that needs to be kind of brought up as well is we, you know, kind of put the cap on what we saw out of the fall. Obviously, you know, we had a lot of great NTL representation uh, into the District 4 playoffs, but, you know, kind of a story as well that really I don't think, you know, took anybody by surprise. But, you know, the fact that, you know, we're going to head into next year's NTL season and Coach Tom Dickinson for North Penn Mansfield will not be on the sidelines. I mean, he's been pretty much the staple of that program, I think, uh, for like the past 30 seasons or so. Uh, Lance, you know, you obviously over the last couple of years covering the West really had a chance to, uh, you know, kind of follow him, even probably, uh, you know, throughout the years just watching, uh, you know, games in general. I mean, uh, how big of a legend has he been here uh, in the Northern Tier League? you know as we kind of celebrate coach dickinson as well he he absolutely turned that program from um and and not to knock what they had before he showed up but i mean you know it, it was actually it was probably right about the time you were going through when when he came in and and made the turnaround it was a couple years after i graduated and I can remember coming home and, and I was at college and I can remember talking to, to kids back home, Matt Morris and, and kids that were playing and they, they said they got beat by North Penn. I said, that, that's never happened. How did you get beat by North Penn? Oh, it's different now. <laughs> and he was the difference. Um, and he's done wonders with that program. And he's been the kind of coach. The one thing about Tom that, um, that I always – I always point to with, with different coaches, he, not to knock other coaches, sometimes they get stuck in a, in a, uh, on what they run, um, you know, and, and he, he was the kind of coach that, yeah, he, he loved the wing tee and he ran the wing tee for years and years and years and perfected it. But when the kids came in that he saw he could run something different, he didn't try and fit the kids into the mold of the wing T. He changed his offense. He ran the spread. He ran, you know, what would suit his kids. 
And that was something that not every coach can do, but he was successful at it. You know, and I think what I love about Coach Dickinson is, and it's funny because, you know, last year at Media Day, uh, I was actually interviewing him and Jack Young, and he literally looked at Jack and he said, I blame you for taking me out of the wing tee because all those those years he would go there with, like, the the Roppers or whatever, and Jack would kind of spread him out. It just got him to a point where, you know what, I need to learn how to uh, get my team in to play catch-up and and be able to, you know, score quickly. And you're, you're right. I mean, adaptation is definitely a big feather in the cap to uh, Coach Dickinson. And, uh, you know, Chris, obviously, you know, you've had the opportunity uh, to cover North Penn football. I mean, uh, you know, what are, what are some of your thoughts about Coach Dickinson? Yeah, just to go back to what Lance said, Brian and I used to joke that um, over at North Penn, they hadn't figured out that, you know, the forward pass existed. And then all of a sudden they came out one year with um, Jason DeHaven and all those athletes. And I think they ran the ball maybe five, six times the first game I saw them. <laughs> so... It's definitely a credit, and whenever you talk to him, he talked about um, they did the same thing in junior high. They did the same thing in junior mm-hmm. all the way up through varsity. So when they got to varsity, they did the kids didn't have to relearn anything. They would just expand upon what their base knowledge was, and I think that was why he was able to have success year after year. And it, and it helps, you know, going from one Burley quarterback to the other and having the athletes they have. But it, but it definitely helps when you don't have to reteach kids you know, this is what you did in junior high, but we're doing something completely different when you get to your freshman year. I, I got to tell you, I got to agree. I mean, it's just been, you know, a lot of fun to watch, and uh, he's definitely going to be missed, uh, not only as, uh, you know, kind of a, a staple of coaching here in the Northern Tier League, but, I mean, let's be real. I mean, when you're a, a coach of that many years, everybody's got, like, a Coach Dickinson story or something like that, you know, and obviously everybody from, like, the administration, even the officials are going to miss him, you know, being on the sideline, being able to walk up and say, hey, coach, and stuff like that. But, I mean, yes, definitely uh, best wishes to Coach Coach Dickinson after a great career and, uh, you know, excited to see uh, what is next in line for the North Penn Mansfield Panthers heading into next year. Now, of course, you know, some other uh, interesting, I guess, headlines, you know, as we kind of uh, encapsulate the fall. I mean, we had, uh, you know, a whole year finally where we were out of that uh, COVID trend, I think. And, you know, as we uh, saw all that kind of come unfolding, you know, I I like what I see uh, out of uh, the, you know, the Athens program and, uh, you know, I think uh, heading into this year, I think something that uh, is kind of uh, stuck in my head is I'm curious to see what I'm going to see out of Mason Lister going into next year because I see he's already out and about putting in some offseason work. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because next year, Chris, that Athens team is going to be his team. And, you know, he's really, I think, taking steps uh, for the positive for Athens football. Yeah, it's, it's going to help having, you know, the same quarterback coming back. He, they've got to replace a lot of the athletes, but if Athens has anything, it's athletes. Um, they have, you know, guys like Jaden Wright and the other the younger Keithley, Colson Keithley behind him. So he's going to have athletes. The biggest thing with Athens is can they cobble together some sort of offensive line to give him protection? Um, I know last year when they played Canton, they were right with Canton for the first half. And then turnovers and Canton just sort of physically beat them up to the point where um, Canton was able to pull away. But they they have the athletes to compete with just about anybody. It's just a matter of can they get their offensive line and gear to be able to exploit those matchup advantages they have. 
And Lance, you know, of course, if you, as you look at another great football program as well, I look at a team like Wellsboro, a team that just somehow finds ways to find, you know, offensive, uh, you know, performances and such. Matt Hildebrandt, he's got to go back to the drawing board, you know, coming up uh, into this year as well. I mean, he's got some seniors he's got to replace. Obviously, you know, when you lose the likes of a back like Darren Callahan, uh, your quarterback in Isaac Keene, who's pretty much been your signal caller for the last uh, three or four years. I mean, for Wellsboro, I mean, it just seems like we are entering like a whole new world uh, in, you know, not only their program, but also, you know, over to CV and North Penn Mansfield in the West. Yeah, uh, Matt's got – he's got his work cut out for him. Um, he, like you said, he is replacing some some valuable starters, uh, especially at quarterback. And because their numbers have been so low, I, mean, I think they started camp with 24 or 26 kids last year. And that's just – that's just not – that's not like Wellsboro. And, uh, I mean, their quarterback this year should – probably be connor adams who's you know a slot back scat back um but as far as experience goes he's he's next in line and and he'll be a he'll be a good quarterback um but you he's just gonna have to find the pieces to replace where he's moving guys in to replace the graduated seniors um they'll have some linemen they get some linemen back their their line should be should be decent. They'll, they'll be fine with Cameron Brought and Joe Brown and um, kids like that. But uh, just as far as skill positions, yeah, he's he's got to find someone. He's got to find a, a diamond in the rough somewhere that that can uh, can step into those shoes. And CV, I mean that CV's got. I mean they they lost a lot and they had an incredible season and. You know, they're going to remember that forever. But there's also a lot of young kids there that don't want that to be a, a one-and-done thing. Um, they've got a freshman running back in Timmy Freeman that, that uh, really excelled last year. Fletcher Good's another freshman. They've got a couple uh, sophomore linemen. that They'd like to continue that, and, and I think they could. Uh, they've got to find a coach, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, as – as far as I know, as of this past weekend, they still don't have a head coach. Um, so they've got their work cut out for them as well. And then North Penn, uh, Chris Olson will be taking over for, for Coach Dickinson and longtime coach in, uh, in North Penn. It, it, there's not going to be a much of a bump in the road there transitioning over to Chris. And uh, and with what he has coming back, I, I, I think a couple, a couple months – from now, we may be talking quite a bit about North Penn football. You know, and I hope, uh, you know, that's definitely the case. You want to see kind of the uh, transition uh, be smooth there at North Penn Mansfield. But also, you know, as you said, uh, Kalineski Valley right now, not quite, uh, you know, selected on their uh, head coaching position. I hope the person who's uh, willing to take that job really continues kind of the, uh, the, the, the mold, I guess, that uh, Coach Schmidt set there uh, over the past two or three seasons because he really had things going uh, in the right direction. I think kids were really fine 
finally starting to buy into uh, what a successful season and or program was. So definitely hoping uh, for good thoughts there for them. All right, guys. So as we are wrapping up here, the fall season uh, talk, we've still got the winter and spring to kind of encapsulate as well. Uh, another thing here quickly uh, as we wrap up some of the fall season stuff, uh, Canton Volleyball. I mean, what a great year for them. Uh, another big run for Coach Sheila Alexander as the Lady Warriors, you know, win the district title. They get a good state run going. I mean, Chris, you know, in all of this, I mean, did you see this type of run coming uh, out of this Lady Warriors volleyball team? Yeah, I kind of figured um, Blue Ridge, they, they got, they'd get the better of going over there. They beat them the year before. Um, Berlin Brothers was, was definitely a match that could have gone either way, but they were the ones that gutted it out. And the biggest thing is they lost a lot of seniors. I mean, um, Coach Wesneski saw uh, lost, I think, like eight or nine seniors from the year before. And even though she had talented players back, you always you don't always know how they're going to respond stepping up in bigger roles. And and there were a couple bumps along the road for Canton during the season. Um, I know right before district started, they got swept by Northeast. Uh, but they were able to gel at the right time, and, and they did make that run. They beat a very good Galeson team in the district final. Uh, and um, they held on and beat Northeast in the district semifinal. So it, it was definitely a, a really magical run for them to make it to the state semifinals. Always good to see, you know, things like that come about. And, of course, uh, you know, that's a team that's going to have, you know, the player of the year back in Aslan Williams and uh, so many others. So potentially another great run there for Canton Volleyball on the horizon as well. Uh, Cross-country-wise, you know, I mean, uh, Athens, another great year. Uh, Sarah Bronson, you know, your runner of the year. Uh, obviously, you know, some great things uh, in store for her. Uh, Lance, you know, as we uh, – uh, you know, kind of project forward into next year's uh, fall season. I mean, are there some kind of athletes, you know, that you're keeping an eye on maybe through the volleyball and or cross country side uh, to the West? Well, volleyball in the West, following every talk about volleyball, you're talking about North Penn Liberty who, you know, they, they came up short last year in the finals. First time in, was it six years, Chris? That they, or five uh, years that they won. It's it's been a while. I can't even. It was like yeah. a match win streak in the in District Four. Yeah, and you know, and they, but you know, people kind of forget they they kind of wrote North Penn Liberty off after they lost in in the district final. You know, they still were a thirteen and no team in the NTL and fifteen and two overall, and and they bring all but one player back uh, next year. So expect another run from them. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So, all right, folks, as the guys and I continue here, the NTL Now podcast year in review episode continues. We'll talk some of the winter action, some of the spring action as well. That all comes up after this quick timeout right here on the NTL Now podcast. Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. You've got the newly permitted teenage driver in the family, but the patience to teach them just isn't there. That's why you call Max Driving Academy in Canton. Max Driving Academy will make sure your teenage driver is ready to be the safest driver on the road. 
That's Max Driving Academy. Call Tim Mackinich today, 570-404-7815. Or for more information, visit maxdrivingacademy.com or like Max Driving Academy on Facebook. That's Max Driving Academy, Canton. Back here, folks, on the NTL Now podcast this week. Glad to be joined by Lance Larcombe from the Northern Tier West Sports Report, Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report, talking about the year in review in NTL sports. Of course, we just touched on, you know, some of the big stories uh, from the fall season. And uh, now let's talk a little bit about uh, what we saw through the winter and the spring. Uh, Lance, you know, we'll come back to you again. And uh, obviously, uh, basketball, uh, one of the big things one of the uh you know kind of bright spots uh, as far as your coaching resume goes I mean obviously you've been around the game forever uh how big of an impact uh and how much fun was it to see what we saw at a Ty Barrett these last four years and knowing you know that he's not going to be on the court uh, going into next year boy he's a special kid and I you know I, it's it's really exciting the fact that I'm going to still get to watch him because he's going to be at Mansfield. So <laughs> he's not going to be very far and, and people need to make it a point to go support that kid um, for everything. Like you said, that he's given uh, NTL fans over the last four years. Uh, it's time to pay it back a little bit and, and support him as he starts his, his collegiate career over at Mansfield. Um, just, just a special player to watch. I, I never coached against a kid as good as him. I never, I coached a, against a lot of good kids. I coach, I coach personally coach some good kids. He is, he's another level. You know, and when you think about not only the effect that Ty had uh, on uh, Trojan basketball and NTL basketball, you know, it also takes, you know, kind of a, a, the right guy, I think, to get in a player's ear like that. And Chris, you know, when, when you think about uh, the effect, I think, that uh, Coach Renzi had on him and not only that program over the last couple of years, I think that's a very kind of uh, underrated resignation over there in Troy. I mean, Renzi really had that group playing well. They did. He did. And it helps because, you know, Renzi's been there. He's been at the state semis. He's won district titles. So it helps having that experience um, to kind of give to the kids. And you have to remember, the team they had last year was a very different makeup team than they were this year. Last year, they were a bigger team. They were more veteran. Um, they still won a league title. They almost made it to the district final. This year, they had to incorporate a lot of younger kids who, had, who did not have varsity experience. And they were able to do that. Kids were hurt. You know, Evan Woodward came on, missed like basically the first month of the season. He came on late and he played really well in the district semis against Bloomsburg. Um, some other ones, Con Loveland, Justice Kimmicks, they had to bring those kids along. Uh, Jackson Taylor got hurt, missed the end of the season. So he had to juggle a lot roster wise this year that. Um, I think they did a very good job with because it was a very competitive league. This is the most competitive league it's probably been since the 1990s in terms of talent and overall talent, and you have to bring it every single night. You know, Lance, obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're excited about the opportunity uh, to go and watch Ty, you know, on the collegiate level as well. And, you know, I love the, the way that you kind of phrase that and paying it back. Because, you know, uh, you know, just in conversations, you know, you've kind of been one of those proponents of, you know, you wish that, you know, more 
local talent actually had that ability to go to Mansfield, kind of stay home and play. And finally, we get one of those opportunities uh, with a really special talent. And I think a kid who really kind of sets the bar a little bit higher because he kind of gives you that impression that, you know what, he's the one who wants to go in and really put in that work for four years and make it a special career. Absolutely. And you can't overlook the fact that um, one of the main criteria and Ty, and I've, I've spoken to Ty about this. One of the main, one of his decision factors was the fact that Ryan Knapp is coaching it at Mansfield and everyone knows Ryan Knapp all time leading NTLE score Tawanda you know, one, I don't know how many NTL titles as a coach, two against me. Um, but that had a lot to do with it. And he's an NTL guy and they're giving an NTL guy a shot. Um, and there's, there's no, there's other kids that have come along over the years that I thought could play over there that never got an opportunity. And like you said, now that there are, that they are, um, people need to take advantage of that. Um, and and support him. I definitely could not agree more. Now, obviously, you know uh, a lot of the focus uh, on uh, a Troy and everything you know that they had going for them uh, into the state tournament as well. But man, you know a statement that really kind of stuck out with me, Chris, is you know I was interviewing Coach Kitchen from Canton uh, about the uh, latter part of the year. Uh, they were getting ready for a big matchup with Wyloosing. And, you know, a statement he made uh, about, uh, you know, the complimenting of Coach Brent Kyes is he might be the best X's and O's coach in the league that we have right now. So, Chris, you know, I'm kind of curious on your opinion. I mean, is Kyes kind of, you know, that uh, that really good X's and O's guys, that, you know, that we have going on here in our uh, NTL? I mean, do you, do you think he is the cream of the crop? Um, well, I think his record speaks for himself. They've won – uh, they won the league title. They've won back-to-back district titles. They've been in three straight district finals the past three years. Uh, he's been there for a while, so he's he's younger, but he has lots of experience because he's been coaching there for a while. And I de- and I mean, he pours his heart and soul into that basketball program. And I know the kids love him over there. So I definitely think you know he's going to be one of those guys who could be a thirty-year coach at Wyoming. And he's already such a good coach now, and he's probably going to get better, better and better. So I definitely think that, yeah, you probably could say if he isn't, if he isn't today, he might be tomorrow. I'll tell you what's really crazy about him is, you know, the, the art of studying that he puts into it, the way he breaks down film and everything. I mean, that's just, you know, unreal and kind of unheard of to me. Now, Lance, when you were coaching, did you have like all these huddle tools and stuff to use for basketball where people were breaking down numbers and everything for you? Well, I did not, but I was going to jump in there and give props. What I had was I had coach kitchen. (laughs) He was my JV coach and he's probably, you know, this very well, Shane, he's probably one of the most humble people you will ever speak to. He will not, he does not like to talk about his accomplishments, uh, everything that he accomplished as an athlete and as a coach and, and not take anything away from, uh, from coach from coach keys but uh when you're talking about x's and o's there's not many better than than brock 
Man, that's just, you know, it's just good to know, you know, that the, the state of the league is in such good hands uh, with, with great uh, head coaches we have here uh, in the Northern Tier League. Of course, also, you know, you had a great season uh, for the Athens boys, for the Wellsboro boys. Now, Wellsboro, a team who I thought had potentially the most complete player in the league and uh, Liam Manning. So, Lance, you know, when you think about what Wellsboro is going to lose in him, I mean, is, is, that, is that an understatement saying, you know, that he was probably the most complete player given the fact that he could give you a double-double anytime he wanted? He was the most complete player and the probably the, the overall throughout the league maybe the least appreciated. Um, you know, if you remember back to Shane when we talked before basketball season started, you asked me who my player of the year, preseason player of the year was in the West. And I, I waffled for a minute and but when all was said and done, he proved me right because I said that he was going to be the player of the year, and he was. He missed a game or two uh, during the season. He missed that first Troy game, and it really hurt him. But uh, he's a quiet, you know, 2015 guy, um, very unassuming. But when it gets right down to it, one of the most skilled players uh, in the league by far. Love that, uh, you know, uh, coaching style uh, that Coach Adams had with him. And, you know, they just kind of let him kind of free reign in the middle. And, man, when he was when he was on, he was definitely a treat to watch for sure. But also, you know, we had some great uh, skills action uh, on the girls' side for basketball as well. Uh, you know, to see the likes of Maisie Newber at Northeast Bradford, uh, obviously Cadence Mossick at uh, Athens, you know, she had another great year as well. And, uh, you know, Chris, when you, when you kind of encompass all of that, I mean uh, – you know, what a year it was, I thought, for uh, Coach Beebe over at Northeast Bradford. I mean, that team really uh, came on uh, very strong there towards the end of the season. And if not for maybe a Maisie Newber injury, you know, they, they might have saw, or saw themselves heading to states. Yeah, it's, it, it was always going to be an uphill battle in District 4. District 4 had three of the top eight teams left in the state tournament, and two of them had to play each other. So they very well could have had three of the top six or three of the top five. So... They did give Mount Carmel a game, even with an injured Maisie. Um, you know, they played Southern Columbia tough for a half. But they, they just had a really good year. It kind of got lost a little bit because Tawanda had a really good year, and Tawanda and Athens were kind of going back and forth. And Northeast doesn't really have that rival in the smaller school division. Um, so they just kind of blew through that division. Um, their matchup with Tawanda was in December. And it was a really good game. Wanda got some really good performances from the role players. But then after that, you know, North, Northeast didn't really have competition until they played some non-league games when they went down to Bloomsburg. So um, they were kind of a victim of their own success because they were blowing teams out left and right. And it, it's hard. It doesn't notice as much as when you're watching, you know, Tawanda and Athens and them playing each other tight. But they did have a really good season. You know, Maisie got her thousandth point and she's going on to play Delaware Valley. Um and they bring a lot back next year, so and they have a really talented freshman class. So I think next year they could be just as good as they were this year. I'll tell you what, you know, and all the credit in the world, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Tawanda, Coach Gentile really doing some nice things uh, with that program. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a good coach to really coach a team that's got as, a lot of talent as they do. And for him to kind of step in there and really uh, do wonders as he did with uh, Bennett, Manchester, obviously, uh, that entire group. And to see them, uh, you know, play as hard as they did, win the league, uh, make a good district run, that was awesome as well. But, you know, some 
somebody else I think that's very impressive uh, on the girls' side. And Lance, I really want you to, uh, you know, kind of attest to this. You know, I had the opportunity to talk with Williamson's coach, Marissa Allen. Man, does she sound like one of the bright young minds we have uh, in the league right now. And uh, I'm really excited to see how she makes her imprint on that program going forward. Oh, I am too. And I, I was surprised she's been there longer than I thought. I thought she was a very new coach, uh, new to the program, but she's been there a few years and she's very passionate, very passionate about, about basketball, um, Mansfield university. Um, she knows what she's doing and she's got those girls buying in that the young team with tons of potential with, uh, with T.R. Jones and the Meisner girl, who's only a freshman, um, they've got most of their players coming back, and they should. This this will be a big year for them. Uh, they dropped a couple games last year that that they were they were in um, that they couldn't end out. And this year is going to have to be the difference. They're going to have to win those games, those close games. Looking forward to seeing how that all progresses as well. Of course, now, you know, obviously uh, the wrestling season came to us as well. And, uh, you know, when you thought about that, obviously, you know, we were all curious to see, would this finally be the year that Gavin Bradley would kind of get the the beast off his back? And, Chris, you know, as we saw this season, Gavin Bradley, I think, just kind of came out with a different mindset after losing in the state finals last year. He just had that uh, go sense, it seemed, all season long. You know, I think that might be the hardest thing in sports is to lose state final and then have to go all the way back through everything again just to get back to what your goal is. And um, I know he, he was focused the day after. He wrote down what he needed to do to uh, get back to the state final and to win it. And when he finally did, you could kind of see that the monkey jumped off his back because um, he had quite the celebration. But it, it was fun to see a kid who's worked so hard and been through a, a whole lot to be able to, you know, be on top of the podium at at the uh, end of the season. You know, and it's funny because at the beginning of the year, everybody always wants to know, well, how many kids do you think, uh, you know, can make it to Hershey, this, that, whatever. I mean, we went down, I think, with a crew of like, what, 13, 14 kids, I think. We came home with five medals. I mean, for the Northern Tier League, that's not a bad showing at all. I mean, when you come home with five medals, obviously, uh, you know, you had uh, Cade Sotolano uh, out there from Kalineski Valley, uh, you know, wrestling, obviously, for Williamson. But for Cade, you know, after a season, Lance, that kind of ended in disappointment appointment for him last year with a shoulder injury uh, for him to bounce back come home with a medal this year that just had to be uh, a feather in the cap for him oh that was huge that's all that kid's thought about since the time he hurt his shoulder um, since the time that that happened and has done everything in his power I mean the kid is a he's gym rat as far as lifting weights and studying and nutrition and um, exactly he's going to to major and once he, he's wrestling for Edinburgh division one Edinburgh next season. Um, and because he's put so much time into his training and um, that he's going to make a career out of it, but yeah, if for him to come back and not only uh, make it to States and to medal um, and to have his, his best friend with him uh, for the ride, it was, uh, it was, uh, Getting to see that and getting to see Gavin Bradley 
in the state title. It was one of the best experiences uh, that I've had as far as long as I've been doing this. Um, it was a very cool thing. You could never argue a great experience uh, down at Hershey. That is for sure. Yeah. And of course, you know, then you add in uh, the likes of uh, Bryant Green uh, also bringing home a medal from Tawanda. He had an exciting uh, seventh place match down there. Obviously, Nick yep. Woodruff uh, with a third as well. And man, what a senior year Nick Woodruff had, Chris. I mean, he basically dominated from start to finish as well. Yeah, Nick Woodruff made a decision that he was going to go up in weight. He gained probably between 40 and 50 pounds. He went up multiple weights from two all the way up to over 200. And you know, and he wrestled that mid-weight, lower-weight style. And a lot of those guys up there had never wrestled that before. And it was really a big advantage for him. Uh, he only lost one match at States. I think he only lost two matches all season long. Um, you know, to take third. And it was really a testament to his work ethic and and sticking with his game plan of this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to see it through. And he went, you know, from being somebody who was barely a regional qualifier to a bronze medalist at state. He's going to wrestle, you know, at Appalachian State. So I think it's a great testament. And then going back to um, uh, Bryant Green, you know, somebody who could have called it quits with all the injuries he had. He came back through, stayed healthy. Um, you know, at, at States, it was kind of a microcosm of, of his career. He lost the first match. He had to work his way through when he three straight, you know, white knuckle type match, get into the medals. And then in the seventh place match, it looked like he might be major decision. The next thing you know, he throws the kid on his back and gets the fall. So it was really a fairy tale ending for all those guys. And, and, and you know, just to sort of shout out to um, Canton Wrestling, the season they had taking third in district duels and Riley Parker getting on the medal stand. Every kid Riley wrestled down at States, I believe actually ended up on the medal stand. So wouldn't mm -hmm. lose who he beat, whoever he lost to or whoever he beat, they ended up on the medal stand. So he didn't have the easiest path getting to the medals. And um, Hayden Ward came up one point, one point away from being in the medals twice and um, back, back round. So it was, you know, it was definitely one of the more exciting years for wrestling, especially after how wrestling was last year, kind of a down year for the yeah, versus this year where I think definitely more on the upswing. Definitely looking forward to seeing what's coming. And, you know, just a side note from uh, the Bryant Green seventh place match, favorite moment of the state tournament. Watching him dump that kid to the mat just had me electrified on the radio. I kind of wish I would have recorded that, but uh, such as it is, you know, regardless, you know, uh, wrestling season, obviously good times there. And of course, you know, as we uh, head through uh, into the springtime now, obviously, you know, uh, a lot more excitement, I think, than even we thought about. I mean, we kind of had an idea, but, you know, as you saw kind of baseball and softball season unfold, Holy cow, was there a lot to talk about? And uh, Lance, obviously, you had a lot of excitement over there on the West. Uh, obviously, you know, two of the better young teams we have, one already a state qualifier and uh, the other in North Penn Liberty, probably on their way the next couple of years. Yeah, it's not going to be long. Um, you know, when I, I talked to uh, Jason Chapel, the head coach, who just took over, they won five games last year. And lost a couple seniors. They had uh, one senior, two seniors this year, basically, that contributed heavily, um, but freshmen and sophomores. And, you know, they were able to play last year, get that experience to sophomores. And, boy, did they turn it on this year. Mackenzie Tice had, had just a heck of a year. And the whole team, the team as a whole, 
just uh, they opened some eyes and they dropped a couple games that that uh, they probably like to have back uh, early and but that comes with the inexperience the you know you can you can play all the travel ball in the world you want but you know nothing nothing's going to make up for for varsity experience and now they have that and then of course as we come back here to the east side again uh, you know chris we got to see uh, two of the great senior careers wrap up here for NTL softball as well. That, of course, uh, being, you know, Emmy Ward from Canton, obviously Emily Sushan from Northeast Bradford. I mean, two players who really had as big of an impact not only on their teams, but also the season uh, when you look back at it as a whole. Yeah, Emmy Ward was probably the best base runner in the league. Um, if she got on, even if it was a single or a walk, you pretty much knew she was going to third. And if there was a pass ball or a wild pitch, she was going to score in the league, batting number one. And she was probably one of the best defensive players at shortstop. So I know they have a lot coming back, but that was going to be a big hole to fill for Canton next year with everything Emmy Ward did. And Emily Sujan, um, I haven't confirmed this, but I don't think in the three years she played, Emily Sujan struck out. I'm pretty sure uh, she did not have a strikeout in her career, which is pretty amazing. Um, she was probably one of the best defensive catchers in the league, uh, you know, and she was such a clutch hitter. She In the CV game, she had the game-winning home run on a 3-2 pitch. So there's another team. Northeast has a lot of young talent coming back, but there's going to be another big um, hole they're going to have to fill there too. All right, folks, stick around as we continue the NTL Now podcast year in review. We'll do that. We'll be back with more coming up as Lance, Chris, and myself continue to talk more of the NTL sports season. We continue talking spring sports and more next right here on the NTL Now podcast. The best way to find the right college for you is to experience campus in person. Visit Mansfield University and see why students choose to live and learn on our beautiful campus. Surrounded by endless adventure, meet the faculty and current students. Connect with your personal admissions representative and tour campus, including our on-campus residence halls, named top 10 best dorms in the country. Schedule your visit today at mansfield.edu slash visit. Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton is your one-stop shop for clothing and apparel. Whether it's t-shirts, hats, sweatpants, sweatshirts, jewelry, or blankets, they can personalize or customize just about anything. If your school, club, or sports league is planning a fundraiser, call Thompson Sports and Apparel and see how they can help at 570-673-3655. That's Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton. Open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to 1. Welcome back to this week's Year in Review NTL Now podcast. And uh, Lance Larkham, let's come back to you. Obviously, the Kalineski Valley Lady Indian softball season is definitely going to be one to remember for the ages for sure. I mean, think about uh, all that they overcame throughout the regular season. Obviously, then heading into the postseason where they get the quarterfinal win over Canton for their third win over the Warriors this year, defeating Northeast Bradford in the uh, semifinals. Of course, you know, they drop a 5-1 loss to Montgomery in the finals, a loss I really didn't think was that bad. And then, of course, advancing on to the state tournament. I mean, obviously, for this Lady Indian squad, I mean, this has been and uh, will forever be uh, a season to remember for this great group. Absolutely. They had a great season. And another, again, another 
young team, one senior on that roster. Um, so 95% of their offensive production is coming back and 100% of their pitching is coming back uh, to see what they if they can keep keep this going. They they uh, I, I think Mike he had an idea. I mean, even even as far back as two seasons ago when these girls were all freshmen coming in, uh, he kind of knew he had something special coming. Um, he only had a couple seniors, his daughter being one of them that year. And, and that, that season played a big part in this season. Uh, they, he got, they got to play with a couple very established seniors and, and Michaela Bargason and Abby Ackley, um, to get them ready for this year, show them how to lead once they, they had to. And that played a big part in this season. And I'm, I'm excited for, for next year already for the CV girls. So Lance, you know, before, uh, you know, we kind of wrap up this part of it. I mean, uh, who, who, do you know who the one senior is they're going to lose? They're going to lose uh, Maddie hoops. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, basically, like you said, you know, a big part of their production still comes back. And I'll tell you what, uh, if you're asking me already, I think Maddie Millard is one of those uh, players to keep an eye on already heading into next year. I mean, she was as pivotal as anybody uh, with the glove. I mean, the defensive plays she made in that Northeast semifinal were just huge. So I'm definitely excited uh, to see, you know, what this group brings back uh, next year for sure. But, you know, as we, we look at baseball and such, uh, obviously, you know, uh, we all knew Sarah was going to be good. We knew Wellsboro uh, had a lot of talent, you know, and, and teams kind of, you know, were hit and miss here throughout the season. But, uh, man, uh, what a year uh, we had, uh, you know, just in general and getting to watch two quality seniors. Uh, I don't know, you know, if I've seen two guys who have just – pure swings like that of uh, Darren Callahan and, uh, you know, Sayers, Braden Horton. Uh, Chris, you know, I'll come to you first. What is it about Braden Horton that makes him such a special player? Well, I, I think he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Taylor Skirpon, but the way he carries himself, you know, Sayers other, one of Sayers' other stars. Um, he's just, you know, there's much more. They're so confident with him at the plate when he's out there, you know, leading things. Um, he's so good at the plate, hitting the ball, and he's so good at drawing walks. You know, he's only going to hit the pitch he wants to hit. He'll knock, he'll foul stuff off, but he's not going to hit, you know, a borderline strike. He'll foul it off and then he'll take the walk. So he, he's also one of the better power hitters. He's one of the better gap hitters. Um, you know, I know they return Luke, but having Braden at catcher versus not having him at catcher is a very, is going to be a very big difference next year for Sarah. And Lance, you know, I want to come to you and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, tout Darren a little bit because, you know, kind of like I think what you said about Liam, you know, back uh, when talking about basketball, it, it seemed like, you know, he was kind of that really great player that really kind of just flew under the radar. He's Darren is because he's such a and he's such a special ball player. Uh, I mean, two seasons ago, he got walked 25 times in a high school varsity season. I mean, that's that's unheard of. It, it was down a little bit this year. And and when Chris talks about Braden, that you know he only swings at, at pitches that Braden only swings at pitches he wants to hit. Darren doesn't get a lot of good pitches, so and he wants to hit, so he swings at a lot of pitches. And that swing, that left-handed swing, and boy, can he crush the ball? And he's been preparing. Darren's been preparing to be 
a college baseball player for a long time. He's put in the work. He puts in the hours. Um, and he's going to go play at Slippery Rock in the PSAC, which is a very, a very good league uh, of baseball. And he's been getting ready for it for a long time. And I think he's going to excel. I just, I think he's a special kid. You know, I'm definitely glad to, you know, hear, hear uh, that being mentioned as well. You know, Slippery Rock, obviously uh, getting a great player, Liberty University, obviously getting a great one uh, when it comes to the likes of uh, Braden Horton as well. But I mean, when we think about, you know, what's still coming back, uh, next year here uh, for the NTL. Obviously, on the east side, you know, when you have the likes of Lucas Horton and Blake Morningstar pitching, I mean, think about, uh, you know, two of the top pitchers in District 4 right here in the Northern Tier League. I mean, what do we what do we look forward to uh, as we uh, head towards baseball next year uh, on the west side? I mean, are there some arms we should be looking at, uh, you know, for, uh, for the west side, Lance, for next year? Well, uh, I mean, Wellsboro will lose – They'll lose Isaac, who was their ace, Isaac Keen. Uh, they'll bring back uh, Blake Hamblin and the the Smith kid, Caden Smith, who's only a sophomore. He's a catcher. He took over for Caden Mann behind the plate for Wellsboro this year. Ended up leading the team in hits. Um, he, real special ball player. He he pitches also. Um, CV loses their top two pitchers. They lose McGuire Painter and and. Uh, Tucker St. Peter um, Mansfield will have their whole pitching staff back Carson Dominic uh, logged the most innings for them this year he's only a sophomore so he'll be back Cooper Shaw was a freshman uh, who showed a lot of promise on the mound he's a big kid he throws very well he'll be back um, so there is there is some some arms coming back but n- probably not to the to the level of uh, Blake Morningstar, Luke Horton, yeah. Well, I guess we'll just keep our eyes on things and, you know, to hear that, uh, you know, Dominic's kind of like that two-sports star there for uh, North Penn Mansfield. Obviously, you know, they're, they're quarterback for football as well. I mean, he's got, uh, you know, that three-sport uh, adage covered there for sure. Now, of course, uh, you know, that uh, kind of rolls us now into a little bit of uh, track and field. And, uh, Chris, you know, I got to say, we've been blessed the last couple of years to have a talent like Portia Bennett uh, holding down uh, the track and field side. Not only that, but also a uh, Dustin Hagen from Troy on the hurdle side as well. Yeah, um, starting with Portia, you know, it Tawanda's had a lot of, they've had before her six state champs, they've never had back-to-back state champs in Tawanda. So she's the first back-to-back state champion. Um, you know, it's really hard to win a state title in anything. So to win two of them in an event like that and to be so dominant, I know last year, the mindset was you know she kind of had that hunger that she was going to get it that she was going to get it so last year she was probably more consistent jumping five six and then five seven in the year this year she admitted there was a little more pressure being the defending state champ but when districts came and there was a very talented field in um, district four we ended up with three state medalists in district four in the high jump so she she was pushed a little bit but when districts came she hit that five eight and got that district record so I think it shows, you know, just how competitive and how when the lights are brightest, how she competes. And to go into, um, she was very calm this year. Uh, she had a freshman girl who pushed her a little bit, but, you know, she jumped like she was the best person in the field and it and it showed. So it's definitely, you're not going to see a talent like Portia Bennett come through here very in a 
in a while. It's definitely a once in a generation. And then Dustin Hagen, you know, he's always been very consistent in the hurdles. I know at state he would have liked to finish a little bit higher, but he also unlocked some other talents this year in jumping. Uh, triple jump, he made it to the states. He was state method in the triple jump. Um, in years past, injuries have sort of him in the jumps, but this year he, they were able to focus on it. He almost made states in the long jump. He was third at districts, and he jumped far enough. He might have been able to medal if he did make states. So Hagen getting two medals this year it was also really special. It's not something you see. And and I think Troy Coach, uh, Matt Gear told me um, they've never had a boy and a girl medal in the same year with Annalise Ola meddling in the hundred. So it was definitely a special year for um, short track. That's right. Big uh, shout out to Annalise Chitola as well for uh, meddling uh, down at the state uh, championships as well for track and field. But, you know, as we continue the track and field talk, obviously, you know, Lance right there in your coverage area, what a year for Williamson. I mean, they uh, they come away with the Molly Dry title this year at Mansfield U. The, the boys win the NTL championships. They get some good qualifiers out of the district meet. I mean, uh, for that coaching staff and that roster in general, uh, what a great year for for Williamson track and field. Yeah, they've they're they're getting spoiled. They're sweeping all the when you sweep all the distance events, uh you get at least three out of the top five pretty much at every level you go to, every meet that you go to, that 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 makes it a uh gives you a little comfortable lead. Uh those those four kids that that took silver at states in the four by eight, uh the Bellmans and Nathaniel Welch Christian Misdale and Duncan Kerr, who's a hurdler before he started running the four by eight. Um, and they, you know, they ran a great time. They decided to, to try the four by eight because they had such successful distance runners and they hadn't even run it until I think when they ran against Troy uh, late in the season, they decided to try it, ran a great time, went to districts on the States, had the second best and the only team that beat them, uh, at districts and states was Hughesville and three of those kids on that relay are seniors. And uh, as for Williamson, two of them are sophomores and two are juniors. So next year, I don't want to jinx them, but should be a wide open field for them to, to get a gold medal. Looking forward to that. And, you know, uh, obviously, I think uh, all around the league, uh, a lot of track talent. I mean, I saw, I think, what, maybe 10, 11 uh, qualifiers we had, even in the throws as well. So, I mean, just a great overall track season, too. But, uh, guys, you know, before we get out of here uh, on this uh, year in review podcast, uh, something else, you know, I quickly uh, want to mention as well. We did have some milestones uh, in the coaching ranks. Uh, you know, Gary Ward for Troy stepping down as the longtime cross country coach there at Troy but also I mean uh, you know Chris I want to uh, come to you with this uh, softball wise this year kind of a, a milestone I think that flew under the radar coach Loomis for why losing congratulations to him I got to see him the other night uh, the uh, coaches actually met uh, for the all-star stuff that uh, you know those rankings should be coming out uh, here shortly uh, with results and stuff but finally had the opportunity to congratulate him on 300 wins I did not realize he's been coaching why losing softball since 2001 how amazing of a career has this guy had yeah it, um we were trying to figure out at the beginning of the year how how many years it's been um he we had to look we had to kind of look it up but yeah he's never had a losing season and um coming into this year i think this is the first year where he was really worried because he told me you know i just want to make playoffs i just want to make playoffs and and then to have the 
team kind of coalesced around the seniors, the freshmen, the newcomers really stepped up at the bottom of the lineup. They got some really good senior leadership and win the league with a very different team from last year's team. Uh, I, I really think was special to him. So to be able to, you know, celebrate his 300th win in a year where they were league champs with a group of girls where at the beginning of the year, he wasn't sure what he was going to have, uh, I think made it that much more special. You know, I love, you know, the fact that, you know, I've had the opportunity to call his games in the postseason, in the regular season. <laughs> he is a coach that will go to bat for his players no matter what, and he is never afraid to argue a call. So definitely uh, congratulations to Coach Loomis on his uh, 300 career wins. And, uh, you know, in uh, in turn, obviously, you know, here on the eastern side, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Coach Bob Rockwell uh, stepping down uh, after 30 years of coaching, 400 career wins, uh, a state uh, playoff berth and state uh, semifinalist uh, action there as well. So, I mean, what a career kind of encapsulated there for Coach Rockwell. Yeah, he's kind of been synonymous with Canton baseball. He was the coach there when I played at Troy. Um you know, he's, he's definitely, you know, you talk about how there's no coaches anymore who last, you know, five, six years, 10 years is a long time now. And he's sort of a throwback to when coaches coached, you know, their entire careers. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting for the Canton, for everybody in Canton to look over there in the dugout and not see Bob Rockwell. But he's definitely uh, left an impression here with um, all the all his former players and, and the Canton School District as a whole. All right, so, you know, as we wrap things up here, guys, uh, you know, and again, uh, big thanks to uh, both of you for taking some time this week. Uh, you know, Lance, uh, just quickly, you know, a final question to you. Uh, when you look back, you yep. know, kind of on this academic year, I mean, what is it, you know, sports-wise that, uh, you know, really stands out to you? Is it like one memory? Is it a couple of things? Like, what is it that really uh, kind of stood out to you this season? Uh, I think probably – just the the whole dynamic of what happened over in and cv as far as uh what you were talking about before with their success throughout the whole year and even more specifically with uh cade satellano and mikey sips just the impact that those two uh, have had not just on the community and their school and and the, the they've had on each other um they're a, a couple of kids that you know, I always used to say, you know, if there was a there was a kid that I really kind of got got taken to, I said, you know, they're the kind of kids, you know, you you want your kid to be like, and you you know, you've they're just someone that uh, they've they put in their lifetime to get where they are, and it's starting to pay off, and it's very exciting to see where they end up. Couldn't have said it better myself, you know, to hear the story of uh, those two and, you know, the effect, as you said, they've had on each other. Chris, you know, I'll give you the same opportunity here. Uh, when you look back on this uh, whole entire academic sports year as a whole, uh, what is it, you know, that maybe stands out in your mind as kind of a memory that uh, really sticks out to you? Um, obviously, you know, everything coming back, Canton football, and then segueing into Canton wrestling there. They both had really special years, maybe the best seasons they've ever had team-wise but I think just you know the competitiveness with all, of all the games it boys basketball the last three years has just been crazy and this year you know it the um, NTL showcase final between Troy and Athens might have been one of the best games ever played in NTL history so that was really good you know softball was very wide open this year 
Um, baseball was wide open this year. You know, track field kind of had a bounce back year for the NTL. Uh, going back to wrestling kind of had a bounce back year. So it definitely seems like the NTL had a bounce back year out of, you know, the COVID lull that last year kind of was, where it was more like we just need to get this stuff in and whatever happens, happens. This year it got back to being more normal and more of a focus on, you know, being as good as we can be. Well, well, gentlemen, I got to say, you know, we kind of uh, get a little bit of downtime here. I know you guys will be probably covering some summer stuff here, but uh, we'll cycle the clock in the months uh, forward here. We got about maybe a month and a half until football media day, and then we'll uh, get the charge going yet again. But uh, again, want to thank these guys, Lance Larkham from the Northern Tier West Sports Report. Again, check out his uh, writings and info at ntwsportsreport.com. Chris Manning from the sports from the Northern Tier Sports Report. Check him out at ntsportsreport.com as well for all of the uh, great stories you'll see throughout the NTL season. Gentlemen, great job by both of you all season long. Love reading your stories and all of your features and such. And uh, guys, we'll look forward to uh, turning the clock forward and getting ready for the 2022-23 uh, school year. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here for the year in review. Thanks, Shane. Thanks. Thank you, Shane. Again, a big thanks to those guys. Chris Manning from the Northern Tier Sports Report. Lance Larkham from the Northern Tier West Sports Report. As we put a wrap on the 2021-2022 NTL sports season. And again, thank you to all of you for downloading and listening to yet another edition of the NTL Now podcast. Again, want to thank Circle W Sports, as well as Jimmy's Park Hotel, Mansfield University, of course, Max Driving Academy, uh, Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, and of course, uh, Thompson Sports and Apparel as well. All of those great sponsors this year making the NTL Now podcast possible. Hey, any other local businesses out there thinking, man, I really love this podcast. I'd like to be a part of it. Hey, get a hold of me for next year. Uh, and uh, just drop a line to the NTL Now Podcast Facebook page. I'll get in touch with you, and, uh, you know, we can definitely work something out for that. But again, folks, thank you so much for enjoying another great sports season of the NTL Now Podcast. Time to take a rest for the summer. Get ready to go because football season will be here before we know it. Everybody out there, have yourselves a very safe and happy summer. I'll be back for another edition of uh, the NTL Now Podcast this fall as we head into season nine number four that's right we'll begin with that uh, with football media day and more coming up uh, towards the end of july but it's time for me to go uh, and enjoy some summer downtime myself and again a final thank you to the fans the sponsors and more this is shane wilber saying so long this has been another edition of the ntl now podcast an exclusive production of circle w sports Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.